I, I believe that we're in this season, and we didn't talk about this, but I believe that we're in this season of shifting our gaze to the one. Revelation 4 says that all around the throne, in the throne room, they're focused on the one. And I am for all of those teachings. And I just have to give you fair warning. My filter is gone. This is my fourth service in 34 hours. And uh, I'm so excited to be here. And, but I, I feel that I was with a bunch of men this weekend. Um, and I heard many things. But the one thing I heard was the cry of the heart of man for purity, for wholeness, and for refocus. And, uh, and I, I'm, all, I'm not talking derogatory about the throne room and all that stuff, but, but what I want you to hear is that in Scripture that I read to hope in the service, that none of their focus was on anything but Him. And, and my, my, my heart this morning is for you and for me to see Him clearly and there's so many distractions in the world there's so many things that we can get involved in that draw our focus away from the one the one and we've talked for months now about fruitfulness and and I believe they were all right words I believe we spoke but the core of all fruitfulness comes from being connected to the one the one and my concern is, is that as we do life in this world, that the enemy's sole purpose is to distract us from the one. And we can come to a, a men's retreat, we can come to service on Sunday, and we can sit and we can be led in worship and we can worship and we can do all of that stuff and still not even know the one. Still not even know the one. And we declare things that we want produced in our life and we speak life over them and we plead things over them and we, we do all of this stuff yet we don't know the one from where all that comes from. And so we look at our vines, we look at our, 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 we're looking for our fruit and we're scouring our fields looking for fruit and yet we don't see it. Because the one who is the source of the fruit is not connected to us and we're not connected to him and i'm not here to condemn you this morning i'm not i'm i'm here to lift our gaze i i've heard so many things and about what's happened in the last week and you know all the things upon the earth and in our country and all that stuff and believe me i i believe we have to vote i believe we have to take biblical principles and implement them and rule and reign on the earth my concern is that the zeal that we have to do that is not the same amount of zeal that we have to seek the one and it i've been asking the lord to change my heart so that i can see how he sees and i know that he is searching in this hour he's he's searching in this hour for houses that he can habitate in that he can make his abode that he can come not a service 
We have services where he comes and rests, and that's amazing. People touched, healed, all over the place. It's amazing. I'm, I'm raising our gaze from having a good service to having a place where he comes and rests. And so I was asking the Lord this weekend as, as my physical body was becoming weary. I was like, Lord, I need a word. You gave me the, the words for all those sermons with the guys and you showed up and I, I'm telling you generations were changed in the presence of the Father. Because you realize fathers, we need fathers. It says, it says you may have 10,000 teachers, but you have very few fathers. So I was asking him, I was like, you showed up, you did all that. I have this word that I want to share to the church, and, and, but I, my physical body is weary. Can you give me a verse? Because I know the solution for weariness, and that is to rest. But I was like, I feel this passion in my heart for the church to focus on the one. The one. So if you turn with me this morning to Hebrews 12. I believe if we don't take heed to the, what the scripture says and these instructions that we will not finish our race well. And I remember traveling to Buffalo one time and, and the Lord asked me, gave me an assignment to help someone finish well. And I really didn't even know what that meant at the time. But now I know that finishing well means that our gaze never leaves the one. Doesn't matter what we do, our gaze never leaves the one. And so as I was asking the Lord for this, this scripture he brought to me, you already know it, but I want to read it. Verse 1, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, comma, <laughs> so, so the the basis is everything in chapter 11, if you go back and read it, the hall of faith, everything that all those people went through is what he's referencing in the beginning of that verse. So, so everything, therefore, everything that happened before, now that we know that we're with all that stuff and we're in that realm, this is what he says. Let us lay aside every weight. Every weight. You see, the church is supposed to be this government of heaven upon the earth that legislates the kingdom in every aspect of our lives. That's our call. But sometimes the weight of things that we carry that we're not supposed to carry holds us back from implementing the kingdom. You see, there, there are battles that you're supposed to fight, and there's also swords you're not supposed to pick up. Because you will inevitably think that the fight with the enemy is going to last this long, but it's actually going to last this long, and the Lord didn't ask you to pick up that one because you can't handle it. And I can't handle it. So it says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. So there's the weight that we carry, and then sin is also a weight. Let's hope that if you're in the house and you're in sin, this is the place where we lay it down and we don't pick it back up. Because we come to him, not this carpet. Because he's here. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, 
that's, that's amazing. There is a race before every one of you. I don't care if you're 85, if you're 100, if you're 16, I don't care. There's a race that we're called to be on the planet for. But in that race, there's this key phrase that I want you to underline in your Bible. And it says, with endurance, let us run the race with endurance that is set before us. What? Doing what? We're running the race doing what? Now, every time I ever ran a race, most of the time I ran for punishment in sports, but when I ran a race, I was, I was looking at the end result. I was looking at the goal. Is that everybody else or were you just looking at your feet? Like I was looking for where I was going because I knew if I looked at my feet, I wasn't going to get there. And it says that run the race with endurance, doing what? Looking unto Jesus, the one. The one that all of the elders in the throne room are worshiping. The one that all the angels are singing to. That one. And my concern for myself and everybody else here is that as we're running our race and we're doing the things that he's called us to do, and hopefully you're walking in your anointing and things are happening for you and you're doing it and it's amazing. If we do all of that stuff and take our face from staring at the face of the one, we will not finish well. And so my concern is that we can sit in a room with people who have great wisdom and knowledge and understanding, and yet we can help them try to find fruit in their anointing and calling, and sometimes there isn't any. And that's one of the most disappointing things as a leader is to come alongside people and go search for fruit and there isn't much. So there are people that are doing the best they can with what they have in their anointing and their calling and yet in the end when they go to harvest their fruit there's nothing there. And I truly believe that the reason that we can do things and not see the fruit that we expect to see in our lives is because we've ran a race out of our own strength. We've ran a race out of our own passion, our own desire, our own lofty ideas of what we think we're supposed to do, and yet in doing all of that, we've taken our eyes off of the one. If you're in an airplane and you take off from a runway and you forget to look at the instruments for one second, you can end up completely in the wrong place. Because one little change here, 700 miles later, can be this far off course. And so my, my passion this morning is to tell you that you're all in a race. And we're called to look to Jesus, but this is what happens. It says, Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. The joy that was set before him is us. Yes, I agree with that. I'm going to take it a little deeper this morning. The joy that he had was exalting the Father. In everything that he did upon the earth, he was exalting the Father. He was exalting the Father. He was exalting the Father. And so when we come to Jesus in that moment that we lay our life down and we finally understand, 
we finally surrender ourselves enough to understand that he is the one who takes away the sin of the world and we say we're going to surrender our lives to him we exalt him that's what that means when we give our lives to jesus we're saying listen i'm dying i want to take on what i'm giving everything that i am to you you took all that you died on the cross now i want to take what you have for me which is eternal life and i want to now pour it back out to you that's salvation in the simplest form that I can put it this morning. But, but here's the problem. Sometimes, even myself, we get into the place where we give it back to him and we pour it back out to him, but then it becomes more about us. And we take our eyes off of the one because we believe that we're called to do the work. We're called to do the work. It's interesting that, that the Father created mankind on day six we never got to see the Father work. Anybody else think that's interesting? That, that he created mankind, and the first thing we get to see the Father do is rest. And then we go all the way through to our lives, and rest is the one thing we have to fight for. Why? Why? Because in the garden, when we gave up what he'd given us, there was toil involved and work. So not only did he give us a life where we didn't see the Father working, we saw him resting. When we walked away from that, we get toil and pain. And so when we walk away from the freedom that Jesus brought back to us, the one, he brought it back to us, when we walk away from that and the gospel becomes about me instead of about everybody else and about pouring it back on him, we then begin to toil. And it says, He endured the cross, despising the shame, that was ours, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Here's the verse, verse 3. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Weary and discouraged in your soul. It doesn't say your body. I was like, Lord, yeah. Weary in my body? Yeah, know how to fix that. I go, I take two days and I just sleep and catch up. But this is not talking about weariness in our bodies. This is talking about weariness in our soul. And my concern is, church, that we are weary in our soul and it creates unfruitful lives. When other things of this world, the weights of this world, rest upon us as kingdom people and we don't lay off the weight and focus on the one, we become weary in our soul. And you know, my, my hardest thing to say to you is, is that it creates unfruitful people and we've all been there. I'm not saying anything that we haven't already walked through. I'm trying to call us to something more. But we, we walk in unfruitfulness and discouragement and frustration. And all of that begins to compound. Or is that just me? Like something happens and then something else happens and then something else happens. And all of a sudden my focus goes away from my, my hours with the Lord. And it goes to hours of fixing things. Instead of focusing on the one who is all things. 
And I know that in the heart of the church, I know I've talked with all of you, except for the new people. I will talk with you. But I know that the heart of the church is that we want to see revival in our families. Amen? We want to see those come back to the Lord, maybe that have walked away. We want to see revival in our community. We want to see revival in our country. We want to see revival shape the globe and and just go all over. We want that. But if we do that out of our own strength, we will fail and be fruitless. And so he's calling the church in this hour to focus on the one. So my question is, are you weary in your mind are you weary in your in your soul in your being i was talking with a a teenager while i was gone there were some teen guys there and and i was talking with them and in the conversation you would have thought that he was 85 years old and he spent his whole life working in the minefields and and digging up stuff and just like exhausted he's just done i'm like how old are you 16 yeah yeah but see it wasn't his body that was tired what was it it was his soul you would have thought the guy worked for 85 years and he's 16 years old and he is shot he's done he's already packing it in he wants retirement he's 16 Because his focus wasn't on the one who called him to the race to run in victory before he ever started. See, he was seeing the world from defeat, not from victory. And he says, I can't do this anymore. And my problem is that 15 to 1800 pastors every Monday morning say, I'm done. I'm done. I can't do it anymore. I'm done. Why? Not because they're not running a great race. Not because of their people. No, it's because they've forgotten the one thing. Because I'll be honest, in, in the church, there's lots of things to work on. Believe me, four sermons in 30 some hours is not the biggest deal I have to deal with. But if I take my eyes off the one, I'm no help to you. We know in Luke 17, he talks about those who offend the little ones. It would be better for them to have a millstone hung around their neck and thrown into the sea than they offend the little ones. There's a weight upon the church that is not of the Lord. And it's about doing the work. Now, I know probably our staff is like, why are you saying all this? Because we need people to volunteer. Yes, I agree. But if our work is done because we have to fill a need so that we're okay with the Lord, that's a false gospel. Because you're okay with the Lord whether you work or not. So I want to combat this morning discouragement and weariness in the church. And I want to give you some freedom this morning to let you know that He is the Savior of all but it's only realized by the ones who receive it. And he is freedom to all, but is only realized as the freedom maker to those who receive freedom. 
And you're here today not by accident. You're here today because there's something that he wants to reveal to you in the scriptures. As you read and as you hear the word and as you go from this place, there's some seed that he wants to produce fruit. Maybe you're toiling every day and you've been asking the Lord, I want to see fruit in my, in my marriage. I want to see fruit in my business. I want to see fruit in my life, but I'm not seeing any. I'm, I'm here to tell you that the answer is pretty simple. Take your focus off of those things and focus on the one. Jump back a chapter. Verse 27, by faith, this is Moses, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Our job as believers is not to fix the debauchery of the world. We're supposed to command and legislate righteousness, but not ours because we're not holy enough to do that, right? Our righteousness is as filthy rags, and I won't get into what that means, but I can tell you if you read about it, it's not good. But his righteousness, his righteousness is the fuel for holiness. So it says, by faith, not out of his own might, not out of his own power, not out of his own desire, but by faith, Moses forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he knew of another king that he was seeing face to face that made everything of this world seem small. I don't know, but sometimes if I'm not focused on him enough, the world seems big. And I begin to fear kings. But we're not called to fear kings. We're called to lead the captives to the one. That's our race. Our race has one goal. Our race isn't to accomplish and build the biggest ministry or to have the best chairs in the auditorium or to, to do all those things. No, that's all good. It all comes with it. But when we focus on the one and we take everybody we know, 16 years old or 85 years old, and we walk them and say, listen, your perspective is a little bit low for where you need to aim. So let's aim a little bit higher. I want to introduce you to the one who approves of you, whether you do anything or not. The one who died for you before you ever knew. The one who was fighting for you before the foundation of the world. He, I, I just imagine, I imagine Jesus in the Godhead before the earth was created saying, I want to go for them. I want to go for him. I want to go for her. I want to go. I want to go. Let me at this. I want to go do it because I know and I love and I pursue that which I love. And my question is, are you pursuing the one you love or are you pursuing the work that he's called you to do? Because that will produce little fruit. And so when we talk about the church, we have to talk about building big people, not big buildings. We have to talk about building big people, not not big huge things and making things that much nicer I love nice things it's great but there's coming a moment I'm telling you church there's coming a moment where a building is not going to be your focus it's going to be on the one and if you don't have a relationship with the one then you're going to be misled because the work that we so love to do 
is actually the thing that keeps us from the one who did all the work for us. The call in this hour is to holiness. The call in this hour is to oil. That when you walk into a room and you meet somebody new, you know if they've been with Jesus. I remember a couple, it was right after COVID, I did a, I did a thing with Pastor Wayne on the, on the network and I interviewed him and we did some other pastors. But I remember Pastor Wayne saying, the one thing that sticks out so much about the alabaster box is that, that when she walked through the city, she would have smelled like he smelled. And when he walked through the city, he would have smelled like she smelled. And everywhere they went, you would have known that those two have been together. And my question is, when you step out of this awesome ecosystem that we call church into the world, do you smell like him? See, I want people to look at me and I want people to look at you and I hope you want people to look at you and not see this. I want them to see the heart of the Father who cares about you to say enough, your focus is too low, there is something greater, the one. Lift your gaze. You remember the, the servant who was only seeing what he could see in the natural, but then he lifted his eyes to see something greater. There's more for us than against us. I'm telling you today that the enemy wants you to think that there's more for you to do for God. And I'm telling you, yeah, you can do all you want for him, but he loves you whether you do it or not. So don't get distracted and get weary in well-doing, the scripture says. Do not become weary in well-doing. You could be doing the greatest things. You could be building the greatest ministry. But I'm telling you, he doesn't really wonder about you there. He wonders about what's in here, not what's being done out there. Because you can do a lot of stuff and miss the one. So this morning, I, I, just, I just want you to hear my heart. There's this cry from the Father for you to see the Son. And the Holy Spirit will lead you to the Son every time. And when you get to the Son, you'll understand the Father because He told His disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So let's raise our gaze, church. Let's not look at the things around, the colors, red and blue, and all the craziness. Let's look at the one who, through His blood, bought our freedom. Would you stand this morning? By faith, Moses forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of a king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Are you seeking the invisible one? Are you seeking the face of the one who can shift atmospheres faster than you could have ever imagined? Are you seeking the face of the one who paid the price so that you could have freedom? Are you seeking the one who overcame all 
So through him, you are an overcomer. Father, today, we stand before you. We know that you hold the world in your hands. But Lord, may we not see your hands for this world. May we see your heart. Lord, may we be willing to seek the one, the son. More than the work, more than the toil, May our closets become worship spaces that are greater than the greatest arenas around the world. May we be so thrilled with you that we worship you undignified. May we not be cut up, caught up with ourselves, but may we allow you to cut us up to reveal what you've placed in us. You're welcome here. You're welcome here. You're welcome in this place. We love your presence. We love when you come and sit down with us and put your arms around us. We love when you change us and take the the dirty, old, nasty Rob and pour your love on him. Father, come and have your way in each person. May you have open access to our hearts. And Holy Spirit, would you Help us to lift our gaze to the Son. The one who paid our price. have been distracted maybe you're weary in some way maybe you're weary and well doing would you come to him would you lay down that desire to please him even and just receive the love that he wants to pour out on every human being on the planet would you just receive it this morning if there's something in your life that's blocking you 
Maybe it's your physical ability to do things and, and you just need healing this morning. Then come down and receive from him, the only one who can, can heal. I want to sing this one more time and then I want to switch to another song and I want to, I want to praise and rejoice as we leave. But I feel like there's some people in the room that you've been weary and you've not told anyone about it. Your heart's been weary. You've been, you've been doing the things that you, you feel you're supposed to do, but yet you're not seeing the fruit that you want to see. And I'm here to tell you that he's here in this place to meet you right where you are. You see, he'll meet you if you're 16 and exhausted or if you're 85 and running the race focused on him, he'll meet you wherever you are. And if this morning, if you've never said, Jesus, I need you, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I need to die so that you can live through me. Then today's the day for that too. So let's sing this together. If you need prayer, our team will pray with you. Come forward. If you just want to worship in a different way, come forward and worship. But he's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. May our gaze be focused on him. Thank you, Lord. Sing praises to your name. Praise you, Lord. Oh, Lord, praises to your name. Oh, Lord, for your name is great and great. Praises to your name. Oh Lord, praises to your name. Oh Lord, for your name is great and great to was thinking about David when they disobeyed the Lord in bringing the ark back and Uzzah touched it and he died and David was back having a pity party for himself offended at God offended that God would strike one of his men down and he came to a point of repentance that was visible And it changed the trajectory of his life. And we read in scripture that he is a man after God's own heart. So no matter where you are in your walk with him, no matter where you are in the race, if you repent and focus on him, it all changes. It all changes.
this, I want you to sing this. We're gonna just worship out the rest of the day. There is something happening in the hearts of those who are seeking him that is setting them apart with oil that will last till he returns. Praise you. In our lungs, so we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise, it's your breath. In our lungs, so we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise, it's your breath. In our lungs, so we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise, it's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. Great are you, Lord, it's your breath. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour it's your bed in our lungs, so we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your bed in our lungs, so we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your bed in our lungs, so we pour out our praise. will cry, these bones will sing, great are you, Lord. And all the earth will shout your praise, our hearts will cry, these bones will sing, Shout your praise, our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise, it's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise we pour out our praise it's your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise we pour out our praise it's your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise to you
that be our heart's cry throughout this week. That every breath we breathe brings honor and glory to the one. Seated on high, finished with the work that we have access to the one. Father, this week as we walk through the life that we are living in this moment, in this hour, probably the greatest moments to be alive ever on the planet. May we be looking to the sun and drawing those in our circle to the one that they may find freedom, healing, deliverance in the one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What a beautiful morning. Um, I have a few announcements before we go. To recap, Pastor Rob, this Wednesday is small groups at 6.30 p.m. in here. This Wednesday is also our widow's lunch. So if you are in that category, Wanda would love to have you at noon this Wednesday for that. Tonight is our update on Israel with Dr. Jeff at 6 p.m. So make sure you're here. Get a seat for that. It's going to be really awesome. Um, our conference the registration QR code will be on the screen. If you do not have a phone that's able to do that or you can't figure it out, see one of us. We'll make sure that we get you signed up. Um, December 3rd at 10 a.m., we are having a women's Christmas breakfast. So mark your calendars for that. December 3rd, 10 a.m., women's Christmas. A few more things. Oh, my favorite one. This is super fun. If you have a student or you are a student between 6th and 12th grade, we are going to Cornerstone Chapel in Medina on November 20th. We're meeting here at 3, and the event is called Smacks on Tracks on Stacks. And we're having dodgeball, karaoke, and all-you-can-eat pancakes. So it's going to be super fun. Um, so please talk to me if you are, your student is interested in that, and we will get you signed up. It's going to be super fun to get back together with some of our Foursquare family for that. And then the last thing is Tough Bags, which is one of the um, organizations that we support. They are in need of bags for their holiday packing. And so if you are able to donate towards that or buy a box or whatever, please see Melissa. She has all the info on that and she'll be able to help you get connected with them to be able to get them bags for that. So we will see you tonight at six o'clock and Wednesday at 6.30. Have an amazing week, everyone. And make sure you scan the code and get signed up.